Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Some quick thoughts since I was off yesterday. And Mike Tirico, one of the great broadcasters in modern American sports history, is going to drop by momentarily. From the Kentucky Derby to this weekend, the Preakness Stakes. We've seen him on the Olympic Games for NBC. I saw him call hockey for NBC Sports earlier this season. He is truly in the middle of all the action. On Memorial Day weekend, he will host the Indy 500, which will be airing on NBC for the first time. That's Sunday, May 26th. It's this weekend. You can catch him at the Preakness Stakes. Mike Tirico of NBC Sports, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Hey, David. Good to be on with you. How are you today? We're doing great, man. We're, we're in the middle of uh, a hockey Final Four with our Carolina Hurricanes. Uh -huh. But we're following you all over the place. I mentioned you called hockey earlier this year. You've got the Indy 500, a little motorsports coming later this month. You're between the Derby and the Preakness. How are you enjoying this Forrest Gump-like variety with your role at NBC Sports? Yeah, it, it, it's good. It's a lot of fun. I got to touch a lot of the different uh, sport groups at, NBC, at ESPN, excuse me, for my 25 years there, and just different sports groups because the rights are obviously in different places in this run at NBC. And I, I think it just really, for me, it helps dovetail with doing the Olympics. Uh, you're a part of just a variety of sports, and I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm loving it. The Triple Crown the last three years have given us no shortage of interesting stories. <laughs> and here we are in the middle of that again with what happened at the Derby, and we're standing uh, at the Preakness now right out by the barns as the horses are getting set for the race coming up here on Saturday. But I'm really excited to get to India. I was there last weekend. I'll get over there for the qualifying and the pole show on Sunday right after leaving the Preakness on Saturday and then back for the race. And then uh, I, I was hoping that the Stanley Cup final would take me uh, take me through Raleigh, but I think that's going to be a really tough order <laughs> at this point, unfortunately. We are not offended by that assessment, Mike, uh, as the Canes trail the Bruins three games to zero in game four is tonight here in Raleigh. We have one of your NBC colleagues, Larry Colmus, on the show regularly. He is, of course, the voice of the Triple Crown, at least yes. you know those two minutes of actual action. He nope, says... Right. You're right. He is the voice of the Triple Crown. So I always call Larry. Right? I get a chance to avoid the but he is the voice of the Triple Crown. For sure. Well, he would describe what you have as the host at the Preakness as something even he has never seen before in a lifetime. Country House wins yeah. and will not be at the Preakness. Maximum Security was the fastest horse but was disqualified, will not be at the Preakness. So as we look forward to you and your colleagues calling this weekend, what's left? Yeah, and, and, and then the horses that finished second and third back behind Country House are, are not here. So right. it's, a unique, it's a unique situation, a unique time. Uh, for the race, you have four horses that are coming back. I'd say improbable is the biggest story because it reunites Mike Smith, the jockey, and Bob Baffert, the trainer, who won the Triple Crown with Justify last year. And they both are uh, in record territory. Mike will, uh, as a jockey, ride in what will be the record-tying number of Preakness's. And Bob is going for the all-time record of Preakness victories. It would be his eighth. It goes back this record to the late 1800s, not the late 1900s, wow. late 1800s uh, in terms of a trainer and winning the Preakness eight times. So that's the big storyline, I think, for uh, so many of us here. And then War of Will, who was the horse that probably was as directly implicated in the whole maximum security changing lanes fiasco as any horse. That horse is back, and he's back uh, in the number one hole. He's back on the rail to start the race. So. It's kind of in long odds. You think about uh, one in 20 shot followed by a one in 13 shot drawing the one position, and he does. So we'll see uh, him. 
Those are probably two of the headline stories going into the Preakness on Saturday. Horse racing does have that long-term history you referred to, and at the Derby, it was the first in-race foul uh, that disqualified the winner in 145 right. years. According to the horse racing folks that you trust the most, whoever they might be, if you glance back at the Derby as we glance forward to the Preakness, did they make the right call in a, in a true first in horse racing history? Here's why I don't know still, because every day since I've talked to people around horse racing, around the sport, across the country, jockeys, trainers, owners, other stewards, and I've gotten both answers. Hmm. So if the people who live this and breathe this have varying opinions, this was obviously a true 50-50 call. You cannot argue that the horse moved. If you, my analogy all along for folks who don't follow horse racing very closely, it, it's been a five-lane highway. You're in a big five-lane highway where two big, you know, freeways merge together. Let's say, well, maximum security was in the left lane, and without putting on a turn signal, slammed on over to the middle lane, and the horses, the horses or the cars in the other analogy, yeah. in those two lanes, got to slam on their brakes. The slamming on brakes sometimes causes an accident. Sometimes it doesn't. In this case, thank goodness it didn't. But it certainly could have. If it did, it would have been a major problem. So do you penalize for something that really could have happened and was the fault of somewhere between the horse or the jockey of maximum security? If you come down that, yes, you should, then it makes sense. If you come down with, yeah, you could, but it didn't happen, so are you penalizing uh, unintended consequences? then I can see where you make the other argument. I think because the horse racing community truly is split on this, I think they made the right decision. Mike Tarico is joining us. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mike Tarico. Catch him on NBC Sports. And also the NBC Sports Network, of course, has all kinds of coverage ramping up to the Preakness Stakes this Saturday early evening on NBC. Uh, extending your analogy just a little bit further, there will be <laughs> less traffic at the Preakness, right? Yeah. Thir 13 horses rather than the 19 at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, give us a sense of how and why that matters in your time in horse racing. And also, yeah. uh, I'm not sure how many times you've been at the Derby versus the Preakness, but I grew up in Philadelphia, and I've always mm -hmm. described the Preakness as infield as like part animal house fraternity party, even right. as there is still that, you know, fancy hats, mint julep aspect of horse racing up in the luxury boxes. What have you seen? Yeah, I, I think I think the Derby is a more refined uh, <laughs> refined category of debauchery. And, uh, <laughs> and here at the Preakness, it's more old school, uh, <laughs> down and dirty debauchery. Um, <laughs> the, the, it's called the People's Party for a reason. They love the scene of the infield. Uh, a lot of folks will come and just do the hang in the infield. We've seen, you know, thrilling things uh, other, you know, other than just jumping off into a sea of people uh, from a stage. We've seen uh, races along the tops of uh, porta potties uh, set up in the infield. You know, so the real classy things that uh, you come to know at a major sporting event. But uh, no, this this is definitely a, a people's party. Pimlico itself is a track that doesn't have the same infrastructure as Churchill Downs, so you see a little bit less of the fancy hat stuff but people do uh get dressed up here i think the derby has more of that regal uh big time american sporting event and the preakness is a little more a celebration of the folks who are just kind of here to enjoy the uh day out mid-may in maryland and uh enjoy that first outdoor party of the year in a big big 
big sense. It has a little bit of Woodstock to it in the infield. That, that's cool. It's a different different vibe, of course, and it doesn't mean the people there aren't watching the races, but predominantly the fun folks are hanging in the infield and the racing folks are hanging in, inside with the luxury available to them. Looking forward just a little bit as we let you go. Mike Tarico of NBC Sports, you know what a great motorsports state our statewide audience oh, yeah. is in North Carolina. So we have the Coca-Cola 600 on the NASCAR circuit uh, every Sunday, you know, that last Sunday in May typically. You have right. the Indy 500 on NBC on that same day, 11 a.m. coverage, the start on uh, NBC proper. Uh, what are what are your storylines? Have you even gotten that far ahead as the homework guy that you always are uh, on what to look forward to in this year's Indy 500? Yeah, you know, the IndyCar story is an interesting one because you have that, a uh, solid group of maybe 20 to 22 drivers and teams that are full season all together in the same mix. And then the field for the 500 is 33. So you're going to bump a few out of the field uh, this weekend. And then you can get set to the 33. And then once you get there, you've got 10 or 11 stories like a Helio Castro Nevis has won multiple times and bouncing back in, see if he can regain that uh, glory. Indy calls people back. Uh, to see if they can still do it. Fernando Alonso doing that as well. I'm really excited for us personally that we've got uh, Danica Patrick with me on the pre-race show uh, who, who uh, grew up doing this. Yeah. Obviously spent all the time in NASCAR, but bookended her career IndyCar and then had one last run last year at the Indy 500. So she'll be our pre-race analyst, and Dale Jr. is going to be with us as well. And uh, he's all excited. Obviously he was there so many times at the Brickyard. But he's excited. He's never been to the Indy 500. It's a big thrill for him to uh, see this spectacle. Remember, he was with us at the Derby yeah. and had a blast. And he said he was so looking forward to Indy. So it'll be fun. It'll be an experience for us. And, and like we said with the Derby, even horse racing, non-horse racing fans get into it. 300,000 people. It's the biggest single-day sporting event in the country. So uh, just to kind of celebrate and enjoy that take temperature where that industry is at this point would be pretty cool it's been awesome i've been a fan of yours for a long time now i see you on notre dame football the olympics man you're just you're a tree with a never-ending number of branches it's been <laughs> great to see you at nbc sports thank you very much for the time on the david glenn show have fun at the preakness and the indy 500 we sure will david great to be out with you look forward to it. we'll do it again next time